0: Um, for those of you who don't know me, or I haven't had the opportunity to meet, I, my name is Scott Troutwine. I am not Pastor Scott Applegate, so let's let's get that confusion out of the way. He's the younger guy with hair, okay? Um, but I do get the uh, the privilege of sharing with you today, and I and I take um, I, I, I feel that a, a privilege and an honor. I thank you for that. So let's just. Um, give this to the Lord. So Father, we pray now that um, your will would be accomplished in each of our lives throughout our lives. And Father, there's not a doubt in my mind that um, there's people here today that uh, need to hear from you. So I pray that you would speak to them through the words that are spoken um, and uh, the message that is given. Amen. So this series that we're in, Bahumbug. humbug it's it's a it's a wonderful time of of christmas a wonderful time of joy and merriment but not for everybody so this is the last part of this series and the the message today is when christmas leaves you blue when christmas just doesn't lift you the way it's lifting somebody else when when you don't have that sense of ah you know what i'm saying okay for, for the holidays, um, for some, it can bring a great deal of stress. It can bring a great deal of, oh, I've got to get the presents, I've got to get the meals, I've got to be with family, and I don't really know if I want to be with family, okay? And so there's sometimes this, this sadness, this, this despondency, sometimes even a depression that comes on and Many people during this this cheerful time of year, and and laughter, um, gaiety, and fun, can at times assault those of us who may struggle with sadness or despondency. It's really easy to come up here and give a message or a teaching on a portion of scripture and do some sort of an exegetical study. That's not what this is today. Today, this is more of, I'm going to open myself up a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit more transparent and share some things that are in my life that I hope will uh, be able to help you in your life. So, I have to tell you a story. Years ago, years ago, my family and I went to Disneyland. And you know, when you go to Disneyland, you buy these... Gifts or knickknacks or souvenirs, right? Yes. Yes? Yeah, thank you. Um, so we decided to buy coffee mugs with characters of Winnie the Pooh. So my wife gets a coffee mug. Guess who her character is? Tigger. My wife is the epitome of boing, 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 boing. And that's her. Always on top of things. Guess what I got? Eeyore. <laughs> well, that figures. Yeah. And the reason for that is I have, throughout my life, struggled with despondency. Sometimes I'm just sad. Don't always know why. It's a real struggle. And there's many of you, there's many in this room that I think have that same struggle. If you're truthful, you could say that this sadness, this emotional pain sometimes overwhelms you as well. And, and listen, there's no way to fix sadness. You know, you can't, you can't go to a happy theme park, ride roller coasters, and eat cotton candy and fix sadness. It's not something that can be fixed. You can't talk yourself out of sadness any more than you can talk yourself out of hunger. It's just there. So what do you do? How do you deal with that? Biblically, how do you deal with sadness when you're just sad? You can't fix it. So how do you feel it and still take that next breath? How do you feel it and still move forward in life? So today, this is a little bit more of a a reality check of things that I've I've found in my life to help me through this. So I'm going to do a bit of a word picture. The word is TRUE. Okay, so if you walk out of here with the word true, you've got the message. So I'm going I'm to talk about four points that I found to be true that help through these situations where we find ourselves just blue. The first one is, he sees our tears. He sees our tears. Our tears fall because sometimes we're just so overwhelmed with a sense of, 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 of despondency and we may or may not even know why but but the vocabulary of our words just can't even speak what we're feeling inside at those times when we just cry out to god he sees our tears he hears our cries he's mindful of what scares us what saddens us what stresses us and listen he not only sees our tears but he knows why they're there. And he knows why they're there before we even know why they're there. In Second Kings 25, God tells the prophet, Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. So King Hezekiah was sick. He was scared. He prayed. He cried out to God. Scripture says he wept bitterly before God. He had no words to give. He wept bitterly before God. God heard. God cared. He noticed. And in King, King Hezekiah's case, God healed him. Another point where, where we see tears being shared, um, shed is at is the, the grave of Lazarus in John 11:33 it says when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said where have you laid him and they said to him lord come and see and Jesus wept Jesus wept for Lazarus Lazarus he wept for the family he wept for the friends the same sorrow, the same compassion, the same empathy that Jesus shared at that time, He shares with us now. He's our advocate sitting at the right-hand side of God the Father. And He he sees our tears. He sees my sadness. And He cares. And and listen, in our situations, God may not always bring a healing. That's a whole other thing. Don't ask me why. Ask Pastor Scott about those things, okay? But you and I we all know that sometimes God doesn't answer in the way that we want him to answer. But I will tell you, whatever makes you weep, whatever makes you sad, makes God take notice. He will never ignore your hardship. He will never ignore your concern. He will never ignore your pain. He's there for you. And in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, and I love this verse, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So if you find yourself in that point of just, I don't know why I'm sad. I don't know why I'm depressed. I'm just sad. Know that God cares. Know that he he wants to comfort you even before your tears escape. Know that he knows what's on your heart. He knows what's in your mind. And he cares about those things because he cares about you. He cares deeply for each one of you. So, that's T. He sees your tears. The next letter in the word true is an R. He created us for relationships. This is a vital part of being uh, in a family of God. He created us for relationships. In today's vernacular, that that would mean like, hey, man, let's go hang out together, right? Let's let's do life together. But it's, it's a very natural response when I'm sad to isolate myself and I just hole up at home or sit on the couch, ponder my sorrow, ponder my sadness, And I did some research. I did a, um, it was a team-building thing for a client of mine. And in the research, I found that within us, there's this hormone called oxytocin. Anybody ever heard of it? It's also called the cuddle hormone or the love hormone. It's the thing that relationships and bonding with one another it just grows as we have relationships and as we bond together. And it just brings all those really feel-good moments into our lives. You know we're created by God, right? Oxytocin was put there by God. So there's, there's a purpose for that. Um, so studies also show that when we retreat from others, when we pull away from others... That sadness, that despondency, that depression grows. And I really like a scripture, and (laughs) and many of you are going to say, you're using that for this? Because I've heard something else on this scripture for years. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day approaches. Now, I don't know about you, I'm a little older than... 85% 85% of you. But but decades ago, this scripture was used to say, you know, if the church is open, you be there. Right? Anybody remember that? What it's saying is don't neglect to be together. No, Don't neglect to spend time in your community of believers and encourage one another. I've got, I've got a couple stories. I had a friend in high school. His name was Kelvin. Now, in high school, I wasn't a believer, um, And he wasn't a believer, and and we did things that, you know, believers don't do. But we were friends. After high school, I moved from my small town of 5,000 people to a town of, whoa, about 30,000 people, big city. But that's where God grabbed me, and that's where God pulled me into his kingdom, and this was back in the '70s, and the Jesus movement was happening, and some of you won 't even know what that means, but what it meant in that town was there was young people that were getting together and sharing life and Every Friday night we had a place called the Solid Rock Fellowship house, and we 'd go and we 'd worship for hours. I'd go back to my hometown, and I was very zealous, so I was preaching all the time. Um, Kelvin, my friend, gave his heart to the Lord. But every time I went back, he was despondent. He was sad. He was depressed, and he couldn't press through. And he always said, well, you're in the big city. You have all of these people around you, and there's nobody in this town that's my age that loves Jesus, and I have nobody to be with. Sad. I went home one one week and found that he had, had sat on the back porch and taken his life. He left a wife and a child. And it broke my heart, as, as, you know, you can imagine. But I really think if he, if he could have found a community, it would have helped. I've got another person that I want to talk about, now. his name's Kenny. Now, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny is, let's so see if I can get this right, Kenny is the brother of my cousin's husband, all right? Kenny was part of our family growing up. Kenny was drafted into the Vietnam War in the 70s, came back, Physically unscathed, decided to celebrate, drank too much, rolled a car, broke his neck, became a quadriplegic in the late 70s. He passed away about a year ago, lived a very full life. Kenny was one of the most positive people I ever met in my entire life. Always upbeat, always on top of things. He, unlike Kelvin, he had a community a community that surrounded him. He had family that took care of him, that had a house across the street from him. He was in a little town called Morganville, and I think probably, Craig, what do you think? 300 people? Too high. 150 people? But this was a small Kansas town, and they surrounded Kenny. They took care of Kenny. Deer hunting was big in Kansas. He got a deer every stinking year. They had a van set up for him. They had contraptions for a rifle. He lived, in his condition, a very, very good life because he had a community, and I believe that wholeheartedly. So if you're sad, if you're, if you're despondent, if you're somewhat depressed, don't wait to feel better to press in and hang out with a friend. But hang out with a friend first and see how that ha- can help you feel better. God has created us for relationships. And that's why really Novation, I love Novation so much because we are a community. And Brian, you talked about that up here. This is a community. And I know one of our, our key points is we want you to be a part of this community. You can belong even if you don't believe. You need community. So so get in touch with us and let's do life together. Don't withdraw, but but rather push in and get involved as much as you possibly can. Don't hear me wrong. If you're, if you're sad, if you're depressed and despondent, I'm not saying go out to some holly, merry, jolly Christmas party where everybody's up here happy as all, all, all get out, and, and I'm down here, and that just accentuates my problem. So I'm not saying do, do you have to avail yourself to all of these laugh, laughter and gaiety parties, but press into people. Don't avoid people. Don't pull back. Press in and, and let that oxytocin grow. Because it works. Um, a verse I really like is John seventeen twenty through 23. <clears throat> Jesus is talking to the Father. I, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Unity, community. God created us for relationships. Even the Trinity speaks, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of a relationship. And God created us in His image, so relationships are important. So He sees our tears. He created us for relationships. The third letter is a U. He wants to usher us into his presence. He wants to usher us into his presence. An usher is, is one who escorts a person through a door or holds the door for them. Often when we're, when we're sad, we're meditating again on our sorrow, our sadness. And we might not even have a, 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 a point of what that is we just know we're sad but turning that that pondering of our sorrow into pondering and meditating on who God is and and what his word says can lift our spirits and God's presence God's very presence can answer our sadness with a level of hope and comfort and peace and contentment that nothing else will ever ever accomplish Isaiah forty, thirty-one says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, okay, Scott, that's great, but I'm sad, I'm despondent, I'm depressed. And the last thing I want to do is open God's word, meditate on his word, or sit still before him, and I just want to wallow in my sorrow. Having felt that, I found a prayer. I didn't write it, but I found it. And and this prayer will be available to you in the notes. But what I want to do right now is I just want everybody to still their hearts and allow me to pray this prayer for us. And then this prayer is something that can help us as we find ourselves in those places to allow him to usher him into our presence. So Lord, quiet my heart and still my soul as I wait on you during these moments alone. I recognize you as a holy and majestic God, one who deserves great praise and glory. All of creation testifies to your awesome and unique works. There is no one like you. There are no other gods worthy of your honor. I want to focus on you, Lord, and to shut out all the distractions and sadness of the world for these next few moments. It's just you and me. God, you are a God who knows us so intimately. I like to imagine you literally sitting here beside me because of your promise that you are Emmanuel always with us. And as I think about the truths in your word, may the meditation of my heart be sweet and honoring to you. Not trying to clear out my mind, I simply want you to empty me of self and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I long for your presence, Lord. I remember your great faithfulness in the past and am so grateful that you shower fresh mercy and grace on me each morning, even when I feel alone, sad, or distant from you. You draw me back into your presence when I purposefully slow down and draw close to you. I need you and love you, Lord, and I ask you to speak through your word in these quiet moments together, whisper or shout into my spirit. Whichever you want, and whatever I need. I need the most, excuse me. But most of all, receive my praise as I focus my thoughts only on you. Amen. When we find ourselves in a situation where that sorrow overwhelms us, that despondency overpowers us, and we don't even have what it takes to say, Lord, I want to be in your presence... I hope and trust that this can be a tool because it's a tool that allows us to move into his presence. Because in his presence, family, in his presence is power. In his presence is peace. In his presence is joy. And in his presence is contentment. The world can't offer those things to us, even though there's counterfeits out there. The world cannot offer us joy, peace, power, and contentment, but he can in his presence. So allow him to usher us into his presence. And the last thing, so we have true. We have he he sees our tears. We're created for relationships. He wants to usher us into his presence. And the last letter is an E. We need to exalt him. Even when we feel blue, we need to lift him up and praise and exalt his holy name like we've been doing today, like we're doing this, this Christmas season. Even if I'm sad, even if I'm despondent, I need to acknowledge who he is and exalt him for who he is. One thing I learned years ago that, that it helps me tremendously just to put on worship music and just let it, just let it feed my spirit. And let it flow through my heart. And I don't sing very good. But those of you who sing can even sing, okay? You're blessed to have that. Um, but, but that music, that worship music will just, it'll fill our hearts. It'll heal our wounds. So put on some, some worship music and, and just be in his presence and, and exalt him for who he is. When Jesus' disciples asked him how to pray in Luke 11, you know, he gave them The model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and we're all very familiar with that. But you know, that first point in that prayer, it's not about provision. It's not asking for protection. It's not asking for healing. It's not even asking for forgiveness or reconciliation. What's the first thing in that model prayer? Hallowed be your name. Holy. Holy is your name. God is holy, and and. We need to remember that and exalt him at all times. Because exalting him, even when we find ourselves blue, is a crucial step towards experiencing his joy and his peace. The scriptures are full of verses admonishing us to express our worship. Psalms is packed. Inhabits the praises of his people. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout out aloud to the rock of our salvation. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. I will sing, sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. Oh, my strength, I will praise you. Praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary, and his mighty heavens, for his acts of power. Praise him for his su- surpassing greatness. Praise him with the trumpet, with the harp, the lyre, and Steve. Hit those cymbals. Okay? Am I cutting in and out here? Okay. Um, so listen. I've asked Mike and the team to come up because this series of Bah Humbug is a very real element in people's lives. Not everybody is on top of things at the Christmas season. So I've asked Mike to come up and and just allow us to exalt him in a time of celebration. Get out of your way, guys. Um, In in this time where we we are celebrating the birth of our Savior, the birth of, of the Father's gift to us to bring reconciliation and forgiveness and a point of being able to be part of the family of God. That's what this season's about. The birth of Christ is great, but it leads to the cross right back here where he hung and atoned for our sins so that the wrath of God is not upon us, but the mercy of God is upon us because he made a way for us to be reconciled to him. So for those of us who are blue during this season, remember what's true. Remember what's true. He sees our tears were created for relationships, community is all important allow him to usher us into his presence and give him praise and exalt him always so we're going to do that, we're going to exalt him together, the, the, the fantastic worship team that we have here is going to lead us in, in some times of just, uh, just praising his name, so I ask you to stay to do that, um, as always when, when Mike dismisses this, there will be people here to pray for you and, and I just want to say to all of you Merry Christmas. May God richly bless you and remember three days from now. Is that right? Three days? Yeah. When you're celebrating his birth, the culmination of that is his death and resurrection and our salvation and share that message. So let's praise him together.